0: Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week, we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. And a good day to you. This is Brad Zockel. I'm now going to start reading in chapter 2. The book I'm reading from is our Heaven is Home series, the second book titled Heaven, the Adventure Begins. And let me start reading in chapter two, which is the second question that we're dealing with in here. The makeup of our book is uh, writing chapters based upon questions we have been asked uh, during the uh, different types of classes that I've had. Maybe I've had a Bible study at a uh, coffee house, or somebody has written a question over on my weekday broadcasts on TikTok or YouTube. And you can hear me. uh, If you follow TikTok, I'm on 8.30 a.m. weekdays, Eastern Standard Time, and then on YouTube at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I took some of the most frequent asked questions and have made two books so far off of these questions. And I'm going to continue on in our reading uh, for the sake of us being able to just study these biblical truths in answer to these questions. Question number two, chapter two. What are some key words to describe heaven? It's a funny thing, but even when dad abandoned our family, mom made the home so secure that I don't ever recall ever feeling in jeopardy. Each day when we stepped off the Hershey Elementary school bus, we trotted up the long sidewalk to a home where dinner was warming on the stove and the Radio was humming a happy background tune. Mom would greet us with a smile and a joke, moving about the kitchen as she chatted with us. My siblings can agree with me about two characteristics of mom. She was always moving, and her base of operations was the kitchen. If I would restrict my description of our childhood, one-parent home to a few words, I would say, "Hmm, loving, secure, and fun. In reading the scripture about heaven, mom's newest residence, I soon am able to grasp some words that would stand out to the believer. They seem to fairly leap from the pages as I read the many passages describing heaven. Let's take a look at a few of the many that stood out to me. The first one is the word comfort. This theme stays with me throughout the Bible. Heaven is a place of comfort. Remember the Christmas carol, God rest ye merry gentlemen, Within the chorus is the phrase, tidings of comfort and joy. Isn't that great that those two words, comfort and joy, are both exact biblical words used in describing the realm of heaven? Think of it. In Luke chapter 16, Lazarus passes from this life, and according to the very words of Jesus, the beggar is taken immediately to heaven. In the ensuing conversation, Abraham describes Lazarus' new heavenly existence as being one of comfort. This is fulfillment of the very promise of Jesus found in his Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God assures us that I, I myself am he who comforts you. And that's found in Isaiah 51 verse 12. We also see that God guides us through this earthly life with the promise of Comfort. Notice how many times this special word is used in the following verses. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our affliction, so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Do you get the idea that God wants us to know that we can be comforted by Him? Sure you do. In addition, the very name of the Holy Spirit as given to the disciples in a heavenly introduction by no less than Jesus Himself is the name Comforter, which literally means one who is alongside you. Here on earth, we receive comfort to get us through trials and testings, and in heaven, The comfort explained to us is one assuring us of the nearness of God, who indeed has promised us that he will be dwelling with us on the new earth. You'll find that in Revelation 21 and verse 3. The second word describing heaven is the word joy. This is a word of great importance in the Bible. It's found 208 times in the New American Standard Bible. The angels sang for joy as God created the universe. Job 38.7 tells us that. And the lyrics of the Thanksgiving praise song tells us that even the trees of the forest will sing for joy in the presence of Yahweh. 1 Chronicles 16 and verse 33. Isaiah's prophecy of Christ's coming in chapter 9 verses 2 through 7 of his book includes the promise that the nations will rejoice and that the people's joy will increase. What brings about that joy in your earthly life? Is it a grand thanksgiving or a Christmas gathering of family? The birth of a child? The championship victory of your favorite sports team? The completion of a degree? In describing the excitement of heaven to my college students, some who, who are not Christian, I issue them a mental challenge. Sit and think now, I say, and imagine five of your favorite birthday memories. Add to that five of your best Christmas holiday recollections. And while you're at it, throw in the joy of your favorite family gatherings, your New Year's parties, your favorite college buddy gatherings, and a couple of memories of your greatest achievements. Now wrap them all together and multiply it by 10 million. If you can grasp that, you'll begin to fathom the all-encompassing joy found in the atmosphere of heaven. In fact, Romans 14, verse 17 reminds us that the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. In fact, Jesus himself says that the very reason to rejoice is because your names are recorded in heaven. Luke chapter 10 and verse 20 tells us that. In Matthew chapter 25, we read the narrative in which what many people call the parable of the talents, where Jesus is sharing the heaven-themed story of faithfulness of God's servants and their ensuing rewards. How does he relate the master's description of the treasured destination of the faithful servant? He calls it the joy of the Lord. That's the name for heaven, the joy of the Lord, Matthew 25. The third word describing heaven is the word home. Going to visit my great-grandparents was a highlight of our childhood year. Mom would stuff the Zockel children into the 1966 VW bus and putter down the Pennsylvania Turnpike to the Calmerville-Terrenum countryside outside of Pittsburgh, to a small brickwork home surrounded by 65 acres of farmland. It was by no means a palatial estate, but the gathering of cousins and uncles and aunts onto the homestead was a one of great excitement for us. You know the feeling. Your household lights up during the Christmas season, Happily preparing for your kids to come home from college or a far-off city. Yes, they're coming home. Bearing that in mind, if someone should ask you for a good, solid keyword to help describe heaven, well, home would be an ideal word, wouldn't it? I've run across a few people who will say to me, to me, heaven is simply a state of mind. It's not literal. It's just a concept. Well, that may be a settled conviction in someone's imagination. It doesn't hold water to what the Bible teaches. Scriptures refer to heaven as a specific place. Hebrews 11.16 calls it a country. In fact, it is a better country, a heavenly country. And it is the destination of no less than Abraham himself. We see that it is called a kingdom in Matthew chapter 4 uh, through 8 and Matthew chapter 10. Among other chapters, Jesus himself says in John 14.2 that I am going to prepare a place for you. And remember what he says in the very same verse? In my Father's house. And this house is going to be the Christian's home. Paul says so, as you can see in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 8, that when we're absent from this body, we're at home with the Lord. When I attend the funeral of a Christian and I hear the family members repeatedly mention that their dear one has gone home to be with the Lord, I know they're not merely being poetic. The Christian truly believes that in going to God's presence is going home. That's one of the three great words I would use to describe heaven. Comfort, joy, and home. Now let's move on to chapter 3. How will we celebrate heaven? Chapter 3. How will we celebrate in heaven? I can recall the adventure of heading home during our college break at Christmas. Four of us eager students jammed into my roommate's car, tossing our gas money into the middle cup holder, "'and roaring across the campus toward the interstate. "'Tommy was driving his patchwork vehicle "'while his brother Nick sat in the front passenger seat "'with a small suitcase crammed against his knees. "'I had my stuffed my duffel bag in the back seat "'next to my brother Brian's backpack, "'and off we thundered toward the northern parts of the country. "'Tommy would drop us off at the home in Delaware "'and head on to his family's house in New Jersey. "'Ah, the whole trip was one big celebration. "'We laughed, told jokes, ate Pringles, "'and slurped Dr. Pepper and laughed some more.' We were almost giddy so excited we were in anticipation of going home. We told stories of our family in our younger years as well as what we expected to enjoy once we got home. We looked forward to a huge homecoming. And that's a bit part of the adventure in the Christian's worship here on earth. We're praising God in anticipation of the heavenly home he's provided for us. Home with the Father. It's similar to the way my family celebrates God the Father and his kingdom even today especially during one big, happy, loud part of the year. Let me explain, please. On occasion, I run into someone who feels that the holiday tree, yuletide ornaments, and other trappings of the season have a pagan history and would show an antagonism toward the occasion. It doesn't happen often, but it's true that once in a while I am asked if I would be celebrating the Christmas season. Are you kidding me? Of course I will. You ought to see our house. We're so impatient that we start the day after Thanksgiving, practically after we've finished the turkey. I pull out the boxes and the decorations start going up, friend. I would venture to say that Christmas season is when our farmhouse would have as close a visual display of heaven more than at any other time. You'll see our nativity scenes on display. In fact, we have more than one. We've inherited quite a few over the years from dear family members who have passed on. Now, there's a reason, well, numerous reasons why we joyfully celebrate the Christmas season. Notice I use the word celebrate, not just recognize. We have a daily reading of either Matthew or Luke passages about the birth of Christ. We have a wooden advent calendar heirloom, complete with small doors which open and bring out another member of the Bethlehem story, right up to December 24th's introduction of the baby Jesus. We even exchange tiny gifts through the December days. Throughout the farmhouse, you'll hear Christmas carols and hymns during the entire month of December. You'll soon realize that our nativity celebration is not some ritualistic exercise. It's a festive commemoration and a happy response to all that this holiday means. First, we realize that Jesus Christ has taken our penalty. As Romans 6:23 clearly states that the wages of a life of sin is indeed eternal death, but Romans chapter 6 verse 23 says, "The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord." You talk about a fantastic Christmas gift, eternal life john three sixteen chapter three, verse sixteen emphasizes this as Jesus explains that God the Father offered us this salvation as a gift, with the promise that if I follow him, I will never perish on top of that, Jesus tells the Christian in revelation chapter twenty two and verse twelve that he is coming back, bringing his reward with him for the believer the gifts keep coming. We're told in John chapter 14 that Jesus himself is finishing the residences within the Father's house, specifically designed for the believers, and that when he finishes his heavenly work, Jesus will come back and get us out of this world into eternal life. This eternal life could be best described as truly living life to its fullness. As we will be laughing, Luke chapter 6 and verse 21, we will be feasting, Matthew chapter 8 and verse 11, we will be singing and rejoicing, well, Revelation chapters 14 and 15 tell us that. Yes, of course I celebrate Christmas, friends, but not just the historical side of it. The best way I might describe it would be in praising a balance of what Jesus did for us and what Jesus is doing for us and what Jesus will do for us. One of the great ways to celebrate heaven is to make the Christmas season a festive testimony to the love of Jesus and the joy of a heavenly home and continue that spirit of rejoicing in our households throughout the year. That concludes our reading today in our continued podcast, reading from the book, Heaven, the Adventure Begins. If you'd like to have a copy of this book, if you go on to Amazon, it is available for you, Heaven the adventure begins. And if you have an unsaved friend or maybe someone who needs encouragement, by all means, the purchase of this book helps our ministry immensely. And it is available on Amazon. Thank you so much, friends. This is Brad Zockel. I'll be reading the continuing chapters in our podcast book reading series here on Questions About Heaven. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. And Lord willing, we'll talk soon.